If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today. At our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi originals, Howard High, and Pass the Mic. Tubi, watch free. And welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, the Say It Again Network Podcast. If you are a fan of the Kansas City Royals or baseball in general, please subscribe to the podcast. We provide game analysis, previews, reactions, and much more. I am Jake Melham, and joining me as always is the beat of Kansas City, Lucas Murphy. Lucas, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm fired up. We got Tyler Zuber coming on, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm ecstatic, first of all, for that. Second of all, KU basketball started up today. Uh, we got an a exhibition game. So, man, sports and Tyler Zuber, I'm fired up. Let's go. Well, you know what, Tyler? I, I ain't going to lie. I'm a, I'm a Kansas State guy. Lucas is a, is a KU guy, so <laughs> we're a little at ends there. Um, do, do you have any say in the matter? Um. Well, I played Kansas State one time in college in 2015, so that's about that's about all I can say about the matter. So you hear that? I, I hear that he's a he's a Kansas State guy, Lucas. I'm I'm taking that. I bet he shoved against K State and absolutely <laughs> dominated, and I bet they lost. So that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Uh, yeah, I threw I threw all right. Umpires were uh, umpires on that series were kind of for for K State. We still we should have oh. two or three from them. <laughs> okay well not a not a great start for me not gonna lie but yeah Lu- lucas you, you ain't lying man we got we got the kansas city royal man himself tyler zuber on the podcast tyler how you doing tonight man man doing well just uh doing some throwing doing some lifting and doing some good good home cook eating i guess you could say <laughs> hell yeah man what so yeah tell us what have you been up to in the off season so far um, so I basically been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of wedding planning and whatnot since my fiance, when I proposed to her during the season, she kind of took it and ran with it. Cause she said that that would have been her dream is to plan a wedding. So I said, Hey, plan it, do it. I'll, uh, I like everything. So she's been, she did all the planning while I was off playing ball and she did all the hard work. And now I get to kind of reap her benefits a little bit and I get to, uh, every weekend do some sort of wedding shower or go look at the venue or discuss wedding plans. Um, and then after middle of October, my lease up here where I went to school at started up. And so I moved back up here and got back in the weight room and started playing catch again. And here we are now we're in November, whatever, November 4th or whatever, and (laughs) moving forward. So what I'm hearing is that like Brady Singer and those guys followed suit and copied you is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know if they copied me. I bet you they probably had it planned like, hey, I think I'm going to propose at this time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, it sounds good. What's the what's the date, man? January 22nd. All right. It's, it's creeping up, man, especially with the holidays. Yeah, you ain't kidding. It's, uh, it's approaching <laughs> faster than what I thought it was going to. <laughs> well, look, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take your mind, not off of it, but maybe away from it for, for a little bit. And let's, we, we just want to get to know you, man. 
Um, so off, off the cuff, if we could talk about kind of your transition in the major league ball, you know, you're, you're going from Arkansas state up to Lexington. Can you describe your mindset during that time? Yeah. When I got drafted, it was, um, obviously it was a culture shock. You know, I've never heard Spanish before a day in my life. And now all of a sudden uh, I'm in a locker room and I don't even know if I'm going to hear English that day. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of not going to say shy, but like kind of keep it to myself. I don't know anybody. So I'm kind of trying to feel, feel my way around the area, make sure I don't do something I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm obviously first time in pro ball, um, you know, throw well in Lexington or, uh, in Burlington to start off. And then, uh, you know, I get to, I get to see a couple of my buddies get called up and, you know, I was, in my head, I was thinking, wait, guys get called up in their first year. Like I had no idea that was actually a thing. I thought, you know, you just stick in the area for the whole time. And then one day I threw, uh, threw a blue field or no, I'm sorry. I was supposed to throw a blue field and something happened. And I didn't. And, uh, I was like, why, why in the world was I not supposed to throw? Or why did I not throw? So I get back to the to Burlington and they called me in the office and they said, Hey, he said, you're going to Lexington. You got a flight in the morning. Um, congrats, you know, go do your thing. So then in my head, I'm thinking, you know, Oh, I'm going up a level. Like I got to try to do something. I did like, I'm not like try to be a pitcher. I'm not. So go up there, have a little bit of struggle start there the next year. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, I hit the, hit the ground running actually, in the first series you faced Charleston because I had to go back and look. The second series, we're at home, and we face uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Her- no, is it Harrisburg? Is that the Nationals? Yes, it is. There, who who was their low A? Heck, I forget who their low A was. In it, anyway, I, we faced their low A, and. Uh, at the time, I didn't know who it was, but I ended up striking him out. It was Juan Soto. Ooh. <laughs> I throw in two more days, uh, I pitching again, or maybe been like at the end of the month or something, and I pitching again, and we were winning like nine to nothing, and I gave up a run, and now there's runners at second and third, and here he comes up again. He had just hit a grand slam, or he hit a grand slam the day before. Um and it was like our pitching coach basically was like, this is a major league hitter. Like he's a major league hitter in low A. Um, so like we got to pitch him good. Have not thrown a changeup. Did not throw a changeup at all in spring training and uh, bullpens. I haven't thrown one yet. Catcher calls changeup and I throw one. It's got to be like probably one of my top five best changeups I've ever thrown. And I punch out Juan Soto again. And I thought, Ooh, all right. Two months later, he's uh he's hitting like five hundred in the big leagues. I was like, he's zero for two off me so far. So, <laughs> so that's that's all that matters to you, man. I mean, I got him right now, but I'd say right now, whew, he'd be a tough out right now <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. Hey, hopefully we get to find out sooner rather than later. Hey, ain't that the truth? Hopefully it's in the World Series. Yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, same. Hey, I got to ask you, Tyler, on uh, July 24th, 2020, you make your debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you just walk us through that that experience? I mean, like, what was it like in, you know, just getting that call to, to that you're coming up to the major leagues, you're going to be making your debut, and uh, kind of just walk us through that. What was that like? Uh, so, obviously, spring training 1.0 before COVID happened, um, things were going really well for me. Um, I'm kind of like at the, at the time I was like, you know what? Yeah. I want to make the team and whatnot, but like kind of didn't know. And I guess it was probably two weeks before we went home or a week before we went home. And I was like looking up up and down the clubhouse. I'm thinking there ain't nobody in here. Hardly. Like I'm one of the only, I'm one of the only few non-roster guys left. Like I might have a chance and then bam, Hey guys go home. So now having to stay ready, constantly doing this up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. So then we go to spring training 2.0 and I threw. Okay. I didn't think it was like I threw in spring training 1.0 and 
So we were playing the Astros in an exhibition game. It was Astros and then St. Louis, Astros for two. And the night before, they said, get all, if you're on the visiting side, which that's where I was, they said, pack all your stuff up and it's going to the T-Bones place for the alt site. And so everyone had been, everyone had been told, hey, you're going to the alt site. Hey, you're going to the alt site. Hey, you made the club. Hey, body, body, blah. I ain't heard nothing. So I'm like, hey, where does my stuff go? And they're like, um, I guess we'll take it. It's like, okay. So I go to the alt site the very next day is a practice day and play catch, do, do our stuff over there, go back to the hotel. The next day they're playing the Astros. I get a call that night and they said, uh, is from the pitching coach. He said, Hey Tyler, he said, you're going to throw in the game. So don't even worry about showing up to the T-bone stadium, go over there, get your stuff. And just be ready for the, be in time for the game. Be there at like what three o'clock, four o'clock. It's like okay. So I go there, and I get all the stuff. There's supposed to be like three pitchers, and I go to the to Kansas City to the Kaufman, and there's nobody from the T Bones there. So it's only guys that are were, that they told to stay at Kaufman. And so in my head, I'm thinking, I messed up. Like I'm somewhere <laughs> I'm not supposed to be. Like they're having a team meeting now. And I'm like. Oh no, like I'm definitely somewhere. So now I'm walking up the steps and Matheny's behind me. And he said, have you ever been to the principal's office? And I was like, I mean, once he goes, well, I'm the principal today and I need to see you in my office. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, yep. I was somewhere I was not supposed to be. I'm fixing, <laughs> I'm fixing to get in trouble. Something bad's about to happen. And he said, sit down. Okay. I said, yep. I messed up. I messed up. <laughs> and I was like getting ready in my head. I was like trying to plan this whole speech of how I'm going to apologize. And like, I didn't know. I was just, he said, uh, he said, you know, you've done everything you can to make this team. I said, yes, sir. I was like, you know, whatever, what, you know, whatever you guys think, you know, that's, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be ready whenever the time calls. He said, well, uh, just tell your parents to, that you're probably going to be on the flight to Cleveland. Huh? Yeah, you're 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 uh you're gonna make it to Cleveland. I said, wait a minute, hold on. So that means I'm flying with the team to St. Louis and then from St. Louis to Cleveland. Uh yeah. Does that mean I made it? Well, no, 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 no. Did I make it or no? Well, there's some moves that have to be made. Oh gosh. Okay, so I'm going to Cleveland, right? Yeah. Can we hug now? No. Fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> Fast forward to St. Louis. He tells me in the hallway, he said, hey, he said, you're on this team. You made the team. And I said, can we hug now? No, it ain't official yet. So in the outfield in Cleveland is whenever it finally was like, hey, can we hug now finally? He said, yeah, now we can do it. So now that's whenever I got the congratulatory, hey, kid, you made it kind of thing. So that was a whirlwind of emotions. Mom and them were trying to make a flight up to Cleveland. I was like, for what, mom? Y'all can't even go into the game. So, like, what? They wanted to see you in the uniform. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but from where? On TV? Like, they can see me <laughs> on TV in Arkansas. Well, you know, you know, mom's got to try, man. Hey, I'll tell you what. I think they were in the in the, uh, field digging for diamonds whenever I called them, and they both were like, uh, we'll get on a plane tomorrow. I said, for what? Y'all can't, y'all can't go into the game. They were going to move heaven and hell to get into that game. Man. That, no question they were going to do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was, I, I got to ask, you know, COVID, COVID's still, still lingering and still affecting lives in different ways right now. But I mean, how did it, how did it feel to make your debut in like an empty stadium and then go and play you know, in like a packed stadium somewhere. Like how, how different is that, man? Um, the empty stadium, like you really don't really grasp like the adrenaline rush that you get when there's fans there until like, I remember I pitched this year, my first outing against the angels and, you know, I'm just on the mound, it's like it's a day game, and I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes, like I can feel the rush of emotions. Like 
The fans are screaming with every pitch. It's like, boom, strike one, hooping and hollering, boom, strike two, the music, everybody's getting louder, boom, strike three. And it's like, everybody erupts. You're like, wow, this was not how it was last year at all. (laughs) Holy smokes. This is amazing. Definitely missed them for sure. (laughs) I bet. I bet. And you know, that's, that's one thing too. Like it, you know, the fans, I, I think, you know, we appreciate baseball being back for sure. And like, you know, from a player's perspective, I mean, can you kind of just elaborate a little bit on, on what that means to like have that home crowd back? Yeah. I mean, in 2020, it was like, you don't really have home field advantage. The only difference is you're in gray pants and they're in white. I mean, that mm-hmm. that was literally the only difference this year. It's like you got 20 something, 30 something, 40 something thousand fans it's almost like you got that big of an army behind you now. And so with every pitch, it's like you can feel the energy and you almost feel like you're elevating your game like a little bit more, a little bit more every time something happens. And then like, not to mention like whenever you've like, you're beating the team, you can almost feel like, like we need to keep going. Like we need to, we need to try like our whole mission now is to empty the stadium before the ninth inning. Like we want to empty the stadium. It's like it's it just is like another another factor that kind of plays into it. You get those boos when you pick off now is what you're saying. Yeah, I love it, man. But I mean, you know, fan fans are no fans. What's been your favorite stadium to pitch in so far? Um, and you don't have to say coffee. <laughs> um. Favorite stadium to pitch in? Um, man, I don't even know, to be honest with you. I would say, I said, tell you what, Seattle, that was a fun one. That was a fun one to pitch in. I really enjoyed it. The atmosphere, the mound, the how the weather felt, everything about Seattle, I, I enjoyed that. Heck yeah, good stuff, man. We'll, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll be seeing you out on the mound more in, in, in 2022. And, you know, you'll, you'll probably get another chance up there in Seattle. I'm, you know, personally, I would love to see you pitch in, in Camden Yards. That's my, that's my spot. Um, Lucas, what about you, man? I, I'm sure you'll say Kaufman, but I got to ask at least. Yeah, man, Kaufman for me, I just always, you know, I grew up Kansas City, being in the stadium all the time and just seeing it evolve as I've, you know, grown up and seeing how just things have changed. And I've even pitched in Kaufman in high school and it just being on that mound, it just it it brings a vibe. So for me, it's it's Kaufman for sure. Hell yeah, man. But, um, you know, getting getting back to that, that pitching staff that, that we were talking about earlier on. You know, Dan, Danny Duffy got traded this this past year. He had a really good start to the year, and you know, just unfortunately, the injuries kind of caught up with him um, as the year went along. And we we hope that we see him on the mound for the Royals or for any team that matter. Um, but could you elaborate a little bit more on your interaction with Danny Duffy? Uh, probably one of the greatest human beings I've ever interacted with. The I really and truly believe that his heart is not a normal sized heart. Like I think he has the biggest heart in a, like in the world. Like I think he would much rather make sure that you were taken care of and he was broke as a joke than to have him have all the money in the world and you be over there poor. He would much he'd give you the shirt off his back if he could. Like he's just he's an unbelievable teammate. He cares. Um he actually was the first teammate that um, I got that I spoke with whenever my grandmother passed away last year. Um, he's the first one there. It was like we had our we had like a little moment or whatever, um, you know, because his grandmother passed away before spring training last year. Uh, so he kind of helped me through that a little bit. And it was just having somebody like that just like that veteran presence. And like, he didn't have to come to me. Like I was just a, I was a no name guy, like little old me. And he comes up to me and it's like, listen, dude, like you ever need anything, call me. And I remember telling him in St. Louis, I said, listen, dude, like I haven't slept in probably two days. He said, come to my room. 
So he ordered, we ordered pizza. I think we ordered two, he ordered two large pizzas and like a hundred chicken nuggets. And he said, <laughs> let's eat. <laughs> and I thought, Duff, I don't know if we're going to be able to eat all this. He's like, if we don't, we'll throw it away. I said, all right, man, we'll, we'll try our best to eat it all. And I think we got, I think we got three quarters of both pizzas and about 40 wings. And we were like, all right, dude, I'm about to blow. <laughs> so, but he was, you know, he was, he's such an amazing human being. Um, I really wish for his sake, I mean, wish for his sake he would have got another ring with the Dodgers and I wish he would have been a part of it with the Dodgers um you know I hate hate to see him go uh but you know he was pitching well he was going to get an opportunity there I hate that the injuries caught up to him but you know I think there's definitely a lot more in the tank from him and hopefully hopefully he comes back from from whatever was wrong and you know he pitches somewhere in 2022 and hopefully it's in in Kaufman again. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I, I know. I, I, I know what he means to Kansas city. I mean, I mean, it seriously, Danny Duffy is a big piece of Kansas city and the Royal specific. I mean, everything you said is how the fans feel too. Speaking of that too, like, you know, we, there's some other guys that were in the bullpen that have had major runs with the Royals and Wade Davis and Greg Holland. Those guys obviously elected free agency today, but can you kind of speak on, how maybe they were mentors to you or maybe some advice that those guys gave you after being, you know, just staples in the bullpen for so long with the Royals. Yeah, Greg, he was actually, when I got drafted, my scout told me, he said, I see a Greg Holland. He said, I see another Greg Holland 2.0. And, you know, I thought, who is Greg Holland? So of course, cause I, I mean, I had never seen or seen the guy pitch. So I was like, who is Greg Holland? So, of course, I go back and watch old videos of it, and I thought, this is Greg Holland, and you're saying I'm like him? Like, this dude's on another <laughs> level. <laughs> but uh, and so then I saw that we re-signed him last year to a minor league deal, and I thought, all right, perfect. I'll get to meet him. I'm like, so now, in my head, I had no idea that him and I were around, like, the same height. So I'm looking for this, like, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guy, and I'm like, who like where in the world is Greg Holland at? I'm like looking around the locker room, like where is he at? And I thought, oh, there he is, right there. Like okay, like wow, like, we are the same size. I say like, okay, now I can see where the like like the comp comes from. But I thought like this dude's probably got like ample amount of knowledge and whatnot. So I talked with Greg a lot last year in 2020. Um, talked with him obviously a lot in 2021. And then, you know, then having both him and Wade down there in the bullpen. Um, I mean, you're talking two, two of them. I mean, all you're missing was Herrera, but you're missing the, literally the most dominant bullpen of all time, probably. Um, just to, like, sit there. Like, I'm sitting next to him thinking, you guys were part of the most dominant bullpen in MLB history. And, like – just listening to like how they talk and like old stories that they're telling about guys and old war stories about like playing back then. I thought, Oh my gosh, like this is giving me chills just talking about it. Um, at the time, like right now, like I can't really remember like any advice I got other than like, it's just more or less like kind of game like situations, kind of like be wherever your feet are, you know, kind of breathe and control yourself. Um, don't try to be someone that you're not like pretty much just be like the best version of yourself. But I tell you what, though, it was a blessing to be in the same bullpen and share a mound with some of those guys down there. I, I believe it, man. And look, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to other things here soon. I, I promise. But compiling all that, you know, getting your feet set a little bit in major leagues and having all the wisdom and role models around you. How, how do you feel about your 2021 season? Um, you know, looking like, obviously looking at the numbers, it wasn't the greatest season ever. Um, I thought I threw really well in AAA, which that's, it felt good to go down to AAA and kind of refine myself. Um, 
And then whenever I got called back up after I'd been down, the numbers, my numbers started getting better and started being like, okay, this is who I am. Like, this is like the type of pitcher that I am, but it was almost too late. And it was like, man, like things were just like kind of spinning out of control. But I was like, you know what? There's so many, like at the time I didn't know, but now looking at them, like, man, the amount of lessons that I learned, the amount of things like experiences, the feelings, um, everything that I felt during the 2021 uh, I feel like not many people go through and it, when they do go through it, it's like, Oh shoot. I don't know how to handle this. Like this is the first time I've ever had struggles, but like, I feel like it's only going to help and it's not going to hurt. I feel like it's like, okay, perfect. Like I'm, if something like this ever happens again, I know exactly what I need to do. So it's almost like a blessing in disguise, I guess you could say. For sure. Yes, sir. Sound, you know what? That's also a great takeaway from, from the year. And we, we certainly appreciate the, the positive mindset. I know Lucas is more of a positive guy than I am. I, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I'm a big optimist. <laughs> Heck yeah, he is. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, good. We're, you know, you, you did have some, have some pretty good performances down there or up there in Omaha. So it's, uh, it's, it's certainly there, man. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you're growing and just getting better. That's all you can do. Right. No doubt. No doubt. It's, uh, it's all about obviously the next pitch and the next day. And, uh, it was just, it was nice to kind of like go down and kind of get like a quick little mental reset. Um, you know, have fun playing the game again, not like constantly stressed out and just miserable. And, you know, you're like, man, like I just, I needed a change of scenery to kind of clear the mind. Um, and then whenever that happened, it was like, Oh my gosh, I feel the weight of the world's off of me. I feel free and like, just, I feel amazing. Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi originals, Howard High and Pass the Mic. Tubi, watch free. Just, just tell us, how'd you get involved in collecting baseball cards? Well, it kind of goes back to when I was, I want to say maybe first or second grade, maybe third. But my uncle cousin, he owned a video game store, but he also sold cards out of Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, um, Magic. And then he had baseball cards and football cards and basketball cards. He had like, then he would get like these boxes. Um, so I, uh, so we'd go down there. To, Dad and I would always go down there to look. And, you know, I was big into Pokemon, big into Yu-Gi-Oh. So I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I need to get that like that card, that card, that card. So I'd, like, you know, go down there, spend like 3 or $4, whatever, get some cards, get a couple packs. And then all of a sudden, um, I started getting some baseball cards. And, like, in my head, I was like, man, like, I really want to get some signed stuff. Like, I really want to get, like, a signed baseball card. So I started getting into that. So dad, my dad made me a deal. He said, every time that you make all A's on your nine weeks report card, I'll buy you a box of sweet spot classics. Ooh. Ooh. So I was like, okay. so I was like, really? So they were like 50 bucks. And I thought, okay. And that was kind of my incentive to work hard in school. So I think I got straight A's. Like I want to say maybe from second to sixth grade, maybe like <laughs> two or three times, like, A's and B's, that was my gig. But every now and again, I'd slip out an A. And um, so I remember I was like, open them up, these cards. I was so excited to. I was like, Dad, I got my report card. It said all A's. Sprinted to, the bu- to, my, to my dad's truck. It's like, Dad, 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 look, 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 look. So we went down to my uncle's video game store. Boom, we walked in, got a box of cards. I'd go home. As soon as I got home, ripped them open. And uh, the first one I got was uh, – Frank Schmidt, or no, Mike Schmidt, Frank Schmidt, Mike Schmidt, the third baseman for the Phillies. I think I could be wrong, but I'm 75% positive. I have a Nolan Ryan sweet spot classic sign card. Man. I I think I, 25% of me says I don't, that I might just have the card. But I'm 75% sure I actually have it. I, but I'm not, I'm not 100%. But 
so I kept collecting and then um, eventually, you know, got boxes of cards and got upper deck cards of football guys and uh, never really thought too much about it. So then I stopped collecting. And so then last year during the quarantine, Tillo, Daniel Tillo started talking about how all he does is collect cards, collect cards, collect cards. And what we all make fun of him. I was like, you know what? When I get home, I got a box about the size of a normal vehicle full of baseball cards. And he's like, you know what? I'm going through it. I said, actually, I have a Derek Jeter rookie card signed when he was in the when he was in the minor leagues. And I thought, I have that. And so I went home and I started looking through it. And uh, I was kind of tweeting at Tillo a little bit during the quarantine about kind of my findings. And um, I had a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, wasn't signed. They they had these like little packs and it was like this box that you could get. And it come with like, it come with three little rows of cards, maybe six or seven in each. And it was LeBron James high school. Oof. Not signed. None of them were signed, but it was in high school. Um, so I was kind of like, I mean, I got it. I was like, you know what? There's some, there's some LeBron James fan out there that's just like dying to have these cards. I was like, you know what? Like if somebody out there has them and wants them, I'm willing to negotiate. That's all I'm saying. Um, but you know, I got into that. And so then I kind of like got into it. Then I kind of backed off of it. And this year I played against one of my, but one of my best friends, in the big leagues, which is cool. And we got to talking about cards or whatnot. And I got a hobby of mine that every series, every team that we face, I like to try to find one guy on each team and get something signed by them. May it be a Jersey or may it be a, a, a bat or a ball, just something signed by them. And like, ideally I would like it to be personalized because like that just obviously that means more. I mean, I can go on eBay and buy, uh, Joe Blow's signed baseball card, but no, like how many times are you going to get it personalized where it says to Tyler? Like you ain't never going to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing that and then him and I actually were talking about cards. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy two boxes. So I got a box of Inception, Topps Inception cards. Really hoping I pulled one of mine in it. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a pack of uh, Topps Gold Label. And then as I'm like open them up, I'm like, I literally played against half of these guys. I faced half of these guys. And it's like, wow, this is crazy. So now it's just kind of like, a, I haven't bought any since just cause I haven't really like had like the, the itch to, but in the back of my head, I'm like, man, it'd be so cool just to like have thousands of boxes just sitting in my apartment and I can come home and just open up one a day. Um, <laughs> But it's I, – I do I do enjoy it. I just don't really have, like, the patience to, like, constantly, like – nor do I, like, want to, like, constantly spend money buying cards. I almost want to, like – I mean, heck, I'd even be down to, like, trade some stuff. Like, hey, I got a – I got a Aaron Judge card, Topps Gold Label card. I trade for this or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, you know, so just trying to find stuff, like, I'd like to try to get some of the guys that I faced first, try to collect all those, try to get that stuff signed. So I can like, I mean, obviously, hopefully I played 10, 15 years in big league. So <laughs> I don't know how long, how, I don't know how long that list, that list will go, but um, it's, it's all, it's pretty cool though to start like collecting cards again. I, I enjoy it so far. Heck yeah. Well, it's how, you know, it, it sounds like for you, it's not, as much about the actual card itself, but a little bit of like the living history behind right. it, you know, and like yes. that's, you know, that's, that's just pretty refreshing to hear. Not going to lie. Cause like when, if like a normal card collector, like looks at a card, like, man, like look at the corners, it's all bent. Like, I wonder like, that's not going to get like a, that might get like a six out of 10 graded body, body, blah, blah. But like, I look at it and I'm like, Jose Abreu, I'm like, I remember in 2020 facing him two or three times. I remember in 2021 facing him once. 
I remember like it almost brings back like a little story, like a little movie almost when I like look at the yeah. card. I'm like, wow, like that's there's more to it than just like the actual card. So that's that to me is like kind of like the the coolness, if that's a word, behind it. I think that's like my personal connection to it too, because like you see people that do it from like a business standpoint where they see the value of it and, and, you know, they're selling it because of the value where I, I collect cards based on a very similar situation. Obviously I'm not facing those guys, but like, man, I go out and get a Tyler Zuber card because you're, you're a good dude, man. Like for real. And like you play for the Kansas city Royals. And like, for me, that means a lot more than, you know, maybe something else that I don't really have a connection to. And, you know, that, like, you know, we kind of talked about Danny Duffy. I had to make sure I got a Danny Duffy card for the the reasons what you brought up. And like, I think for me, that's, that's what card collecting is about is you have a connection, a, an emotional connection to it. And that's, what's so fun about it. Yeah, no doubt. That's why, that's why I started doing, you know, like the, like a piece of memorabilia from each time that I played a teammate or try to get something signed by them. Um, just because, like, if someday in my, in my house, I want to have, like, a room um, that it's going to have, like, all my debut stuff. And then it's going to have – I want to have, like, my that closet just be full of, like, jerseys. It's so, like, I, if I invite somebody over, people come over to the house, I can be like, hey, like, like, these are the bats that I got signed. These are the balls. Here's all 15 jerseys I got signed. All that – whatever it might be. But it's just – it's cool to have that kind of stuff. And now it's like – not only is it not only does it say so and so so like Danny Duffy on it, but it's got a message on it. And mm-hmm. now I can go back and read it and be like, wow, like this is cool. Like I have a message. Like how many people have a message from Danny Duffy on a jersey or a message on a ball from Danny Duffy? Like it's just it just means more. For sure. Yes, sir. You know, I'm I'm all about it. You know, every time every time I see this card, you know, I'm going to, I will remember this and, you know, get to talk to you and get to know more about you. So, you know, if, if you're ever down to trade, you know, I, I still trust the postal system a little bit. I got a, a big old box <laughs> full of your Dono Ventura stuff in the closet. If you ever want to trade. <laughs> wow. How about that? Yes, sir. That was, he was my, so, you know, Lucas, you were talking about Danny Duffy. I remember watching your Dono pitch for the first time uh, in the world series. I was just like, like that, like, that's the guy. Like I, I was a fan of the Royals because they were Kansas city, you know, but I really liked Giordano, like watching him play and stuff like that. And I just bought up as much of his stuff as I could find. So it was, that dude's unbelievable. He's yes, unreal. Mm. That he is. That he is. Well, Hey, thanks. To, thanks for telling us more about that. But I, I do have to ask, do you have a favorite type of card? Like like um, auto, like do you prefer just autographs? Do you like the little you know the little jersey pieces stuff like that? Like any preference? You just want you just want that story, man. Um, honestly, I just like the card itself because there's a story behind it. Uh, I'd like to get it signed. Some some I would like to get it signed. Uh oh, you're good. All right. Um, some I would like to get signed. Obviously, I probably I don't want all of them to. Uh, I mean, if I get to the point where I can get a card signed, I would much rather have like a bat signed by them or a jersey signed by them uh, rather than a ball or a card. Like I can go buy a card. Uh, it's very hard to go buy a jersey. Like I'd much rather do a jersey or do a baseball bat if they're a hitter or whatever. That's what I'd much rather do. All right. Yes, sir. Do do appreciate the the insight onto that. You know, mm-hmm. other 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 than baseball cards, you know, what what else should fans know about you? Like what is you know, who is Tyler Zuber? Uh well, I like to hunt, I like to fish. Um play some play some video games. That definitely helps get through a season. Uh <laughs> it definitely helps pass some time by very quickly uh other than that you know that's that's really about it deer season deer season is fastly approaching here in a couple weeks so i will be in the woods so my phone probably no one will be able to be able to reach me Um, (laughs) darn 
<laughs> um, so I have, I'll be hunting. I enjoy fishing, my fi- but the, my fiance loves to be on the water. She loves the lake. Um, so my next, my next plan, I need to get good at driving a boat. <laughs> so that way, so that way we might can one day during season, we have an off day, go rent a boat. Go, oh. go get some fishing poles so she can lay on the front and get her little sun tanning going on. I can be on the back and just basically, honey, don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Lay up there, <laughs> put your headphones in, fall asleep. I'm fishing. <laughs> um, that's, that's the ideal thing. Um, so I don't, whether or not that happens, I don't know. But heck, even if I have to go, even if we have to get like a little paddle and I have to paddle out there, I do it. <laughs> that's kind of like talking, just we talked about it the other day. She said something about, yeah, we should get a boat. And I was like, for what? Where are we going to put it? We live in an apartment. <laughs> um, and she said, well, we could just, I said, no, there's just no nothing. We, we, we can't buy a boat. We don't even have a house. Let's buy a house first. Um, but I was like, we can rent a boat. Why not just rent a boat? I'll have fishing poles. Boom. Done. Easy enough, man. That's what I'm saying. But I'm like, <laughs> I got to learn how to drive a boat first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You can't be renting nothing that you don't want to crash. <laughs> ain't that the truth. It ain't like driving a vehicle. <laughs> sure, sure as hell ain't. Lucas, what what you got, man? I I can see those gears turning over in your head. Yeah, man, I got to ask you. You know, we saw the year that Salvador Perez put out and just an incredible, incredible catcher. Uh, But besides that, the ability to just hit the baseball and all every facet of the game, I mean, just incredible. What was it like to, to pitch to Salvador Perez? And then on top of that, to see what type of season he had. Um, have you ever seen like a semi truck looking at it like head on? Yes. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what it looks like going to Salvi, but then put like a 30 inch mitt right in the middle of it. He's such a big target. It's like so refreshing looking at it. Cause you're like, I literally can throw this ball anywhere and it's not going to the backstop. Like it's not, I mean, look how big the guy is. Yeah. So like that, I mean, Gold Glover, the guy's got an absolute missile for an arm. Um, so runner steals. I got I got pretty good confidence the guy's gonna be thrown out or close enough to to do a replay. Um and then offensively, I mean, good gosh, I thought I thought that video game ended a while ago but i didn't know i was still playing it i mean my gosh <laughs> holy smokes i mean it's at one point we were sitting out of the bullpen like wind's blowing out y'all think today's a good day yeah i think so whack homer like, like this i mean it's at this point it's like if salvi does not hit a home run it's a bad day like salvi yeah. had a horrible day he'd go three for four with three singles bad day like it was the just what he was doing was like it was something so special and just oh, I mean my gosh I hope he does it again next year I hope he I hope he hits fifty next year yeah he's man he's a he's a machine and just his ability to just you know we saw the incident late in the season where he tripped and you know he comes out the next day and is ready to go and I mean the guy's just an animal and. Uh, it's just incredible, and and we're happy that he's a Kansas City Royal man. I mean, that's yeah. that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I think everybody on the Royals is, is, as well is because they're like, that's one less power threat we got to deal with in the league for sure, <laughs> for sure. I, I got one more for you, Tyler. Uh, you know, we finished up the World Series last night, and we saw a former Royal just do some incredible things. I mean, Jorge Soler. Uh, just what are we? I, I saw you tweeted. What were your thoughts as he hits that absolute just moon <laughs> missile, absolute moon missile last night? Pounds his chest over at the dugout and starts grounding the bases. Man, what were your thoughts uh, for Jorge and obviously the other guys that former Royals that are on that team, but Jorge specifically? What were, what were your thoughts on that? 
you know, Solaire, he's such an awesome dude. Um, and for him to go from at the beginning of the season, like people were writing him off. They're like, why in the world is Solaire here? You know, there's so many doubters out there, but like, what were you guys saying? Like, what were these, like these exact people saying in like 2019 when the guy hit 48 home runs, like mm-hmm. the guy's got it in him still. Like he, there's just like one little thing that something has to like, get fixed. And all of a sudden it gets fixed 10 days before the deadline. You're like, wait a minute. Like this dude's hitting doubles. This dude's hitting homers again. He's, Put, he's walking more. He's not striking out as much. Like he ain't swinging at those balls in the dirt. And all of a sudden, like you can see that average is starting to creep up. And now from hitting 170, now he's hitting almost 200. You're like, wait a minute now. And then uh, we get to Toronto and then he gets traded and he goes to Atlanta. And he's hitting leadoff for him. And I was kind of, one day I was curious. It was like, middle of September, maybe. And I was like, you know what? I want to see how Solaire's doing. And I saw the splits and it's like, Solaire's hitting like 210. And I was like, huh, he is doing well. And I click on it. It's like, yeah, with Atlanta, he's hitting 300. I was like, now see, where's everybody at? I said, where's everybody at now? There ain't nobody's talking. Then everyone's kind of like, wow, Solaire's kind of figured it out. And then he comes down with COVID in the postseason, like, oh no. But then he comes right back to it in the World Series. It's like, Holy smokes. Like he, he was, I couldn't be happier for him. Uh, in the story of 2021 for Jorge Soler of going from, eh, we might like, we might want to get through, like, we might want to be done with you. You might not even make it through July to all of a sudden he gets traded, hits really well. All of a sudden he goes to the playoffs. Now he's the freaking World Series MVP, and you're like, if how many people would have said Jorge Soler is going to be the World Series MVP of 2021? I guarantee you nobody would have said it other than him. Yeah, I mean that and guy. That just, I, yeah, I mean, good for him, for sure. And, and it's just it's incredible to see his ability to just annihilate a baseball, <laughs> and it's just incredible his bat speed, and uh, it's just man, it's it's a it's just something amazing to watch. It truly is. And he's, he's a special talent for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got all the talent in the world on the field, but he's also like, he's a great person too. Like, yeah. not like we're talking about some like, like crappy person. Like he's also a really good person, big heart, cares a lot about his teammates and whatnot. And just seeing him smile as he's sprinting across the field, you're like, wow, this dude, like good for him. Like he, he deserved it. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Good, good to hear that insight from you. Well, hey, we'll we'll go and wrap it up. But I do got to ask one more question of you. What are right. some of your goals of twenty twenty two? The goals, obviously, you know, make the squad out of camp, and then basically in my head, use the training that I've done this off season and solidify myself, and basically say the guy that you guys drafted in two thousand seventeen, and the guy that I've shown through the minors. This is the guy. No more playing tiddlywinks anymore. Like, this is the guy, and this is what you're going to get. Like, you're getting, you know, the best version of Tyler Zuber. The, this, you're getting that guy and, you know, solidifying myself because I know in my head and I know my skills and I know I've done it from time to time. Maybe I'm just not on a consistent basis, but I know that I'm a big league pitcher and basically – go into 2022 with the mindset of I'm solidifying and basically I'm tattooing my name as a part of this bullpen. That's going to be part of the future. Whatever comes from that, may it be all-star game, uh, whatever reliever of the year. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. It's all about what can I do to help the team basically and solidifying myself like, Hey, this guy is one of our dudes. This is one of the guys that's going to go, and be a part of the future Kansas City Royals bullpen. Also, I want to get my first major league save. Just, I just had to throw that out there. That's that's a goal. I want to get the first. I've gotten seventy whatever something saves in the minors. I want 
that one. I want that first one in the majors. That's what I want. All right, Mike Matheny, if you're, if you're a listener to all, man, you got to bring <laughs> Tyler on in the ninth. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, man, if, right. if there's a brick wall around here, I'm about to run through it, man. That hyped me up. <laughs> yeah. Good so, sounds like you're evolving from, you know, what, what that, that scout called you, Greg Holland 2.0. Sounds like you're evolving to the Tyler Zuber 2.0 right now, man. Yeah, you got that right, man. I'll tell you what, can't be someone that you're not. Very true, sir. Very true. All right, man. Well, we'll we won't keep you keep you locked up too much longer. I know you got a you got a busy schedule, and you probably got a fiance who's been messaging you this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she finally started texting me again, saying, "Where you at? What are you doing? What are you doing?" That <laughs> <laughs> uh, should be all right. Yes, sir. Well, hey, real fast. Uh, where can fans find you on social media? Uh. Twitter and Instagram are pretty much the two that I I look at the most. I'll occasionally get on Facebook, but, I mean, it's not a good place to keep up. Mostly Twitter and Instagram. Those are the two that I'm most interactive with and uh, active on, I guess. Yeah, sir. Sounds yes. like a plan. Yeah, go, go, go give them a follow. It was, it was cool to see some of you are like, oh, hey, Tyler's tweeting about the World Series right now. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty cool to see on the timeline last night. Mm-hmm. Well, Fun. yes, sir. Well, hey, Lucas, where can folks find you on social media? Uh, you guys can find me at the Beat of KC. Uh, that's where I do a lot of the engagements with uh, with everybody. Um, I've been writing a lot at the KC Kingdom. I actually just wrote a piece on uh, Jorge Soler today. Um, super excited for him. And uh, so a lot of the writing is going to be through KC Kingdom. And then the SIA Network, you can find a lot of uh, – writing and then obviously our podcast the royals rundown yes sir yes sir please uh please follow the podcast uh we are at sia royal rundown on twitter that's where you're really going to find us uh don't, don't even bother following me at jmill the ham on twitter <laughs> i got a i got a whole bunch of gifts and i'm just riling folks up in <laughs> in replies over here i guess but <laughs> Tyler, we, we just want to thank you one more time, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Sure. Just, just a real good conversation. And hope maybe, you know, maybe after the wedding, maybe after things calm down, maybe we could catch up with you again before spring training. All right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's make it happen. All right. Yes, sir. And for all you listeners, thank you again for listening. And until next time, go Royals. Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi originals, Howard High, and Pass the Mic. Tubi, watch free. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba.